Ladies and gentlemen, we do thank you very much for your attention, and now we invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to the Top Travel Destinations. I'm your host, Kevin Flanagan, here to use my 20 years of experience as a top travel writer with the Sunday Independent to show you where to stay, eat, shop, and explore when you visit the world's top travel destinations. So sit back and enjoy our journey together. Good morning and welcome to our podcast top travel destinations. This week, we're going to visit Bordeaux, and I'm really delighted to welcome you all along. I'm here to bring the 25 years of experience I have in traveling the world and writing about it, reporting in some of the biggest newspapers in Ireland and Europe. And I want to save you the long hours of going around the internet and up and down trying to find the best deals and the best places and then being disappointed when you turn up somewhere that may not actually fit the bill. So I'm going to distill everything down very much like the fine wines that we're going to find and enjoy in Bordeaux and I'm going to make you a promise. If you're able to stay on this podcast right through to the end, I'm going to share a secret and this secret will mean you will never be embarrassed again at a restaurant, when it comes to selecting wines or at a friend's dinner party. In fact, you'll probably be the number one guest when there is a fine wine and food gathering. But that comes at the very end, along with an introduction to some very fancy French words as only sommeliers and wine experts know, such as terroir and emprimeur. But that's all for later. First, we're going to have a little look at the wonder of Bordeaux. It's an old city. 300 BC was when it was actually uh, established by some very savvy Celts uh, who understood that wine was going to be one of the, the wonders. I don't think anybody envisaged it was going to be such an incredible wine empire and perhaps the masterpiece of winemaking that's uh, revered throughout the world. But that's not how I felt when I first went on my trip to Bordeaux. I'd been appointed editor of the Irish Independent Fine Wine and Food Guide. But, and here I have a secret to admit, I had never drank wine. So on the drive to the airport, I was with some incredible journalists, Mary Dewey from the Irish Times, Thomas Clancy from the Sunday Business Post. And I had this feeling in the pit of my stomach, they're going to find me out. They're going to find me out. Remember, these guys had a collective history of dozens of years of the highest level of wine expertise and wine experiences around the world. And I was a plain beginner. But I had the biggest audience. So when it came to having to do interviews and uh, field questions from um, the winemakers, they came to me. It was a very unpleasant experience. Finally, I put up my hand and told them, listen, guys, I'm going to need a handout here because I don't know very much about wine. That was initially difficult. But by the very end of this first trip to Bordeaux, I was actually complimented by my fellow journalists who said, Kev, it's so fantastic having you here because you asked the questions we could never ask, such as why is red wine wed and white wine white? 
So it worked out in the end, and I've returned many, many times. I've even been a guest of Louis Vuitton, Maurice Chandon, and gone on their jet, uh, their private jet. Now, if you've never been on a private jet, you have some great treat in store. We were gathered at Dublin Airport to fly out to the south of France. You don't have to present your passport. No one checks your bags. You get on your plane, greeted personally by the captain, sit in these sofas. And then I had this fantastic opportunity. The lady who was in charge of uh, hospitality came back and said, does anybody want to sit with the pilots? And this was after 9-11 when such things were unheard of. I put up my hand, I was nearest the front, and I got to sit in the jump seat behind the two pilots as we flew out of Dublin. And to put the actual cherry on top, the gale tapped me on the shoulder just as we were taking off and handed me a glass of Murray Chandon saying, I'm sure this will make the whole experience go down better. And it certainly did. And as I chugged my champagne, we took off and I listened to these two French pilots who'd been in the military and what an experience that was. And I, it, it actually stopped my fear of flying, incidentally, because up to that point, I'd got quite nervous. But when I actually talked to them about um, for example, turbulence. Did you know that the wings of a plane are designed to take 10 times the impact of wind? So the turbulence we get is only one or two on a scale. So it's great. Do your private jets if you can. But back to Bordeaux. When we finally arrived, what a place Bordeaux is. It's not only a place of history, but it's a really dynamic modern city. And there's a marriage between the two. But the big thing about Bordeaux is the wine and the money. The money makes the whole thing go. And you'll rarely go to a place that is more steeped in money and is more steeped in this incredible culture which runs on wine and generates vast, vast sums. So, for example, a bottle of one of the great Bordeaux, a Chateau Lafitte or a Chateau Le Tour, these could cost you up to €2,000 if you went to a, a fancy restaurant. So we're talking serious, serious money. So we're going to dissemble this smoke and mirrors of the wine world and we're going to start your journey. But let's start the journey around Bordeaux by giving you a sense of what it's like if you've never been there. There's wonderful sights, the old cathedral, these fantastic shops that are centuries old. You're going to have the, 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 the sounds of bottles clinking as the early morning lorries drive up and disgorge their bottles of wine to the restaurants and the fantastic Michelin-starred eateries that dot the city. There's this wonderful smell in Bordeaux, this old sort of slightly sulfurous smell of wine and old wood. And uh, you can almost taste the atmosphere. It's so French. Those distinct noise, you know, c'est pas, oui, et non. And interlaced with this, this extraordinary language of wine and food. So it's a place that will never bore you. You've got the Place de Bourse where you've got these simmering waters of the, the mirror fountain that uh, suddenly erupts in front of your eyes as you're walking along. Um, you've got the, the Bordeaux Cathedral, Saint-André, this, this fantastic Gothic spires and a wonderful interior. And there's cobblestone streets and alleys that take you down to the Garonne River. And the place is jammed with public art and sculptures, Jardin Public, and it's a place where I think 
you will be entertained on a two or three day city break. So let's give you some hard options from where to stay to start off with. And I've broken this down into three distinct qualities. You have high flying, which is you're not worried about the price. You then have the quality category, which is middle of the road. And then you have the money wise or budget. So high flying. Well, there's only one hotel that I would point you in the direction of if you're going to have a treat with your partner or on some special occasion. And that's in the Place de la Comédie. And it's the Intercontinental Bordeaux, the Grand Hotel, as it's actually described. It, there's nowhere quite like it. From the moment you enter, you get this sense of luxury. You've got your terrace bars, you've got your spas, you've got Michelin star restaurants. This is where Gordon Ramsay you know, made a name for himself. And the gastronomic experience at Le Bordeaux restaurant is really second to none. Then you have your spa treatments and people watching. Now, if you want a quality hotel, I've also stayed at the Hotel de la Seize on the Rue Abbe de l'Epée in the heart of the old city. It's a four star, which has fabulous facilities, uh, really nice staff, and it's not going to cost you that much. On the money-wise option, I would suggest you go on to Airbnb. When I went with my son and his mum to see the Euros in 2016, we stayed in the old historic centre at a beautiful old apartment, which was very early, and it was €100 Euro a night, right in the middle of the Euros. So it was absolutely splendid. So there's you've got three choices. You're also spoiled for choice when it comes to where to eat. Bordeaux is crammed with Michelin-starred restaurants. My favourite was Garapopoli, run by the head chef Tanguy Lavielle, who I became friends with the last time I was there. Now, he has withdrawn and he's doing different things, very sadly. So what I would suggest you do is hire a car and go out to Chateau Cordelain-Barge, which has a two-star Michelin restaurant, and it's near the Lynch-Barge winery, which is a fabulous place, stuffed with art and great wine. Here you will enjoy a Michelin-star meal like no other, in this little amazing village that they've created there. The last time I was there, it was a bit sad, because we'd already booked to go to Chateau Margaux in the afternoon, and we had to quit halfway through this incredible meal and the chef had particularly prepared it knowing that I was writing about the place but you can go there you can take a whole day to stay and enjoy the village and the wine and you can stay overnight and little known thing about this area is if you're a marathon runner you can join one of the marathons they do a marathon there where you run through all the great wineries and visit all the chateaus for a little tipple of wine whether you make it through the 26 miles I'm not sure but it's something I would love to do with my son and grandson one day only in France you could say if you want a quality meal in the middle of the road stay in the same complex and go to Café Lavinal it is an absolutely wonderful it has all those things like pig trotters even these extraordinary things you can still get in France like uh, cow's brains if you're up for it uh, so that's a very good option and if you're going for a money-wise option there's only one place return to Bordeaux and go to the tick Wine Bar, which is on the free Rue Appelé de Plou, and all of those information and addresses will be on the website so you can click through and get over my atrocious pronunciation of some of the French names. That is 
a hidden gem. It's run by Anthony Laroche and his Chinese girlfriend. We became firm friends. They serve nothing but local garagista wines that are made organically. Some of them are not filtered, so you get this sort of uh, milky quality. They have the local charcuterie. Uh, you get bits of pig and ham and cheeses just to die for. So this is a place that click on our link and you'll be able to book there. And it's absolutely a steal. Where to drink? Well, there's a few places I would recommend. Mama Shelter, which is a, a hotel bar restaurant. It's probably the trendiest hotel in town. It's a 6-4 uh, rooftop bar. It overlooks St. Andre Cathedral. And for me, it has the best sunset views in town. And come nightfall, you can have some great... Mama Hugs You is a, a fantastic vodka cocktail to die for. For the quality level bar au vin, this is a bar where you will be served only by seasoned sommeliers, only in Bordeaux, you could say. It's centrally located in the 18th century Maison de Vin de Bordeaux, and it is a bar where it's just pure class and you'll be able to get some really interesting local wines. Uh, and then finally, on the money-wise, uh, a bit of a fun place is Le Can Can. It's a cocktail bar. Uh, speakeasy. It's buried in the back streets of Bordeaux. And I love the back streets of Bordeaux. They're just fantastic. You can get lost on the cobblestones. You can go there late at night, first thing in the morning. There's this smell of the street being cleaned. You can really feel and enjoy the experience there. And it also, if you just go down to the River Garonne, there's the Fountain de Trois Grasses. There's some interesting bars there facing the Garonne. Have a little walk, sit outside, order your local wine and take in the sights and sounds. Where to shop? Well, the only thing to buy in Bordeaux is wine. And you are spoilt for choice. I always go back to my friends, uh, Anthony and his girlfriend. They have relationships with local garagista wines. These are the little wine producers who work in very small little parcels of land. They make the wine in their garages and that doesn't mean that it's poor quality anything but. Most of them are biodynamic which means they're made in accordance with the cycle of the moon and you will get some fantastic deals. But if you go into any of the wine shops as we did when we went down with my son Kieron, we went into the local wine shop just near our airbnb and we said we want 12 wines uh, we're going 15 euro a bottle what can you do us and we came back with 12 absolutely fantastic wines we will be talking to Clodagh later she's our specialist and she's going to tell us how many bottles we can bring back but that's for a little later i want to tell you first about one of the names that you're going to know so what does en premier mean well this is an amazing thing that I discovered the first time I was in Bordeaux. I was with Thomas Clancy, who's left us. He's one of the great wine writers. And he took me under his wing when he understood that I was very uh, green behind the ears, if you like. And he said, OK, I want you to buy this en premier wine. I said, what are you talking about, Thomas? He said, well, en premier means it's going to be sold and it hasn't been bottled yet. So you go on a list, a very select list, and you pay a, a degree less for this. And there was a Mouton Rothschild, one of the five great wines, which was 
£125 for a bottle on premiere. I hummed and hard and let the opportunity slip. I'm going to tell you at the end exactly how much that bottle would be worth now if I had only but known. But that was then and this is now. Now I'm going to introduce you to Cloda, who's going to give us the facts and figures on what you can buy and what you can bring back from Bordeaux. And then I'm going to give you those final secrets before we pack up for today. Hi, Cloda. Tell us, what can I bring back? Thanks for having me, Kevin. So I did a little bit of research and the findings of what you're allowed to bring back from Bordeaux by boat airplane and ferry actually surprised me because the allowances are actually both the same which is slightly disappointing because my understanding was that maybe if you're coming by ferry you could take more more bottles of wine say for example than if you were traveling through the airport but yeah after research I spoke to Brittany Ferries and had a look on Dublin Airport's site and the figures are actually the exact same if you're traveling home from Bordeaux or anywhere in France for goods that are brought into Ireland, you won't be charged any extra duty or VAT on purchases where the duty and the VAT have been paid. For example, say goods bought in shops and supermarkets, but that's provided the goods are for your personal use and are within the limits set out. For example, you can bring 800 cigarettes or 200 cigars or 10 litres of spirits such as gin or 20 litres of any other alcoholic drink, for example, port, or 90 litres of wine, of which only 60 litres can be sparkling, or 110 litres of beer, or of course any proportional combination of these either. But you should always keep any receipts as proof that you have paid the duty and the VAT. So yeah, it's slightly disappointing that you can't bring extra bottles of wine home on the ferry, which I always thought was the case. So if you do know different, it would be great if you could get in touch with us. You could email the top travel destinations at gmail.com and let us know but I suppose one of maybe the advantages of traveling by ferry and bringing home the 90 liters of wine would be it's probably easier to bring them back as opposed to if you're heisting heavy bottles of wine around the airport if you have your car on the ferry it could be easier in that regard but overall yeah I was I was slightly disappointed by the results well, thank you very much for that, Clodagh. That was sort of disappointing and uh, enlightening both at the same time. So anyway, my promise to you before we finish our podcast today was some of the things you're going to need so you're comfortable at the dinner party or when you visit that posh French restaurant. The first thing I'm going to tell you is the names of the Premier Grand Cru. These were the Napoleonic wines. These were the great houses that in 1855 were selected. And these cost a fortune. If you know these wines and one other Bordeaux sweet wine, which are all listed on the website, you will have great conversations when it comes to wine and uh, restaurant wine and buying and investing in wine even. So the five great wines you must know about are as follows. One is Medoc from Pouliac, and that's Chateau Lafitte of Rothschild. The great Rothschild name, one of the richest families in the world. He bought up this parcel of land and he made these incredible wines. Just an aside there, one interesting story. I used to know uh, the manager of a very famous rock band who was a great wine collector. And when I was writing about wine, I came across a Chateau Lafitte Rothschild 
which was Argentinian. They'd made this sort of uh, low yellow pack wine where it was 50 euro a bottle, a lot in those days for a bottle of wine. And I took it down to my friend and I plonked it on his very expensive table. And I said, well, there you go. Beat that. I went out and we had to walk around and played some tennis. And when I came back, he had decanted my 50 euro bottle of Chateau Lafitte Rothschild and beside it he decanted a 1972 original Chateau Lafitte Rothschild which was valued at, have a guess, no, you're wrong, it's 2,200 per bottle. So we blind tasted my 50 euro bottle and the 2,200 bottle. Which do you think was best? You got it. It was the Chateau Lafitte Rothschild Medoc, but it wasn't 2,150 euros better tasting. You really couldn't tell the difference. And that's where the smoke and mirrors in wine comes. But if you want to impress, the other great names are Chateau Margaux, which I visited. We visited just after Bono had been there. So we were really name dropping and having great fun. There's the Chateau Latour, which is a Medoc, another Medoc like Margaux. Then you have Chateau Haute-Briand, a Grave from the pessac Leon area. And finally, Chateau Mouton Rothschild from the Medoc, Pouliac, and another Rothschild wine. There were only four originally and he spent a lot of time and burnt up a lot of capital to make sure this is one of the five greats. There's only one other wine you need to know about and that is the Premier Cru Superior Chateau de Chem. Chateau de Chem is maybe even more expensive than all these other wines. It's a Sauterne. It's a beautiful, honey-rich wine that will absolutely blow your taste buds out and back. And you'll pay for it as well. But you know, the one thing I really love about wine, and this is where we're going to look at how we taste wine, is that it really is truthfully the most mindful thing you can do. So next time you have a, a glass of wine, don't just chug it back like I know a lot of my friends do. I want you to do this. I want you to hold the glass and hold it up to a candle and just have a look at see how the quality of the wine old french wines have a brick colored light around the, the circle when you swish the glass around in your hand then you very slowly look at the colors those licorice colors you then look at the purples and the deep tanning reds and then you stick your nose in and take a deep draft of the air a great Bordeaux smells a bit like when you go in the wood in autumn and you lift a log, there's that sort of sort of vegetable smell of decay, but it's okay. And that's what a great French wine smells like. It's sort of this vegetal decay. Now take a sip and the decay goes and you get this richness. But if you aerate the wine, don't swallow it straight away, just roll it around. <laughs> Do that Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter bit. And that puts oxygen in and that explodes across your taste buds and then slowly allow it to sit down. And that is the beauty of wine. And it really brings you into the moment. And that's the beauty of Bordeaux. It's really enjoying this ancient craft here and right now. Because remember this, wine is liquid sunshine. It's a grape that's taken the sun and it's transferred it into these incredible sugars and this ancient craft which Bordeaux represents is all in that liquid. So be mindful 
and it will really open up the sensory world which we enjoy while we're alive on this planet. So, finally, I hope you have some good reasons to visit Bordeaux, one of my favourite places of all time. You've got the wine, you've the food, you've the history. And finally, that bottle en primeur that I should have bought, en primeur meaning it is not in the bottle, coming from that great terroir, and the terroir is the land with that limestone and that deep chalk, that 125 euro would now be worth, have a guess, 1,200 per bottle. So there you are, the wonder of Bordeaux. I can't wait to get back. And I hope you've just had a sense of the, the fascination, the magic of that great city. Till we next meet again, all my love from Bordeaux to you. It certainly is this week's top travel destination. Thank you.